Well, man, isn't this exciting? Anybody excited? I'm excited about this, man. I'm so grateful for this awesome opportunity to be here and do what we're doing in this place. And I think the word unprecedented kind of has been popping in my mind a lot over the last few weeks. I mean, think about it. A church and a school kind of partnering together here. What a beautiful thing. I mean, that's sort of unprecedented. It doesn't happen all that much. Uh, I would say another thing that's amazing is the people here in this school have, have treated us with, I would say, unprecedented kindness. We have so many great contacts and so many awesome people. Um, the, this building is actually, it's part of it's a daycare, but part of it is the offices for the superintendents and a lot of the people that are over Hopbox School District. And so they all just walk right through this room. And we've been here in this room setting up all week long. And we've just had just the kindest people just walking through, cheering us on. Wow, this looks awesome. What are we doing here? Talent show, what's going on? This is great, you know? And everybody's all excited about it, and they can't believe what's going on here. And so we just so appreciate Hopwog and the amazing way they've opened their arms to us. It sort of feels unprecedented. Another thing, this has been an unprecedented season of craziness for me, for our church staff, for many of you as we've prepped for this. I have aged much in the last month. Uh, about a few weeks ago, Landon, my nine-year-old, jumped on the couch next to me, and he was just sort of looking at me with a smirk, and that's always dangerous with Landon. And he's looking at me, and then he just starts poking my face like this, and he's just sort of like poking my face. And, and I'm thinking to myself, what a cute little nine-year-old moment. If he's still doing this when we're 25, we have a problem. But this is cute right now. And I, the, the curiosity just finally got the better of me. I said, Landon, what are you doing? He says, oh, I'm counting all the grays in your beard. And I was like, ah, all right, no Christmas presents. Awesome, yeah. I just want to throw this out there, that bald and graying in my beard before 40 was not the plan, okay? Just so you know, all right? But this has definitely been a season of craziness for us, and I have to thank our staff. I got to thank Joey and Andrew and Pastor, and I got to thank so many of you volunteers who just did an incredible job to the green room, our youth group meeting here on Friday night and kind of kicking things off here, an incredible, incredible night. But I think we have another unprecedented thing going on here, a dynamic here, and it's this. We have, I think, unprecedented potential right now. I think that God could do something so unique and so awesome, and I love that we have several pastors here in the room from other churches, because God's doing something across Long Island that is so awesome and so powerful. And so tonight, I just want to talk with you guys about this unprecedented love. See, that's what God's been putting in my heart over the last week. Okay, so we've received some unprecedented kindness from the school district. It's been an unprecedented season of craziness. We have this unprecedented potential, but but over the last several weeks, as I've just been saying, God, what do you want to say that first day? Which, by the way, there's like a lot of pressure on this service. It's like Christmas, Easter, and this is like, wow, how do you launch this, you know? And so as I was kind of praying about this, I just felt like God was putting those two words in my heart, unprecedented love, unprecedented love. That this, if we're going to reach our potential as a church, needs to be a time of unprecedented love. And what's funny is, as, as you think about the definition for unprecedented, it's never done or known before. And so we're talking about a love that man, just hasn't been seen yet, you know? Like, imagine a love in our community right now, in this area, in this church, in the churches on Long Island that just hasn't been seen before, what God could do with that. And as I was praying about this and kind of wondering if this was God's heart, I was kind of cracking up Friday because I came to hear Joey preach on Friday, and he used several of the same scriptures I'm going to use today and had a very similar theme. And I just feel like God is trying to drive this home into our hearts as we sort of launch in this new location. And so what exactly do I mean by an unprecedented love? Well, first, man, if there's anything I could pray for for our church in this time, it would be that our love toward God would be unprecedented. Like, we've just never seen our church and, and our hearts so in love with God and so kind of fired up for Jesus. That would be my number one prayer for this season. 
But I'm also talking about an unprecedented love toward each other here in this room. You see, we're going to reach our potential. It's going to take an unprecedented love toward God and an unprecedented love toward one another, though, as well. And lastly, an unprecedented love toward those maybe outside these walls or maybe some inside these walls who just don't know Jesus yet. You see, we have such an awesome opportunity right now. As I've been saying over the last month or two, that new often equals momentum, right? Like often when when something new is happening, there's just a built-in momentum, and people are curious, and people are excited about coming and checking different things out. So we have that right now. It's only here for a little while, by the way, but we have that. We also have three parking lots. We went from one horrific tiny little parking lot to three. It's like, where do you want to park? I'm going to park in parking lot satellite C. You know, I mean, just because just, just I can, you know. I walked really far. I didn't even have to. It was like, this is epic, you know. So, man, we have room now, right? We added 30 chairs. We have room to, to make this room filled out. We have all this parking now. How awesome. What a great opportunity. And what an awesome thing. We have a new neighborhood to reach, right? We have our greeters and our parkers out there waving at new random people as they drive by the building instead of 347 for a while, right? And so how awesome is it that we have this opportunity, and it's all, though, I really feel like God's just trying to to drive down deep into our heart this idea of this unprecedented love toward him, toward each other, and toward the people outside these walls that don't know Jesus yet. Now, the question, of course, is, is what's going to make this love come out of us? Right? Because I can kind of get up here like a cheerleader all day long, and Joey got up here Friday, and we could all cheer everybody on and say, guys, let's be the most loving people. Let's be so in love with God during this time. Let's let God's love flow out of us to each other and to those who don't know Jesus. And yay, and we all say, yes, that would be awesome. And then we all leave, and that doesn't, just doesn't happen. So what's going to draw the love toward God, toward each other, and toward those outside these walls out of our hearts. Well, that's what I want to talk with you about today because you can't just increase your love for God, right? Like you don't just wake up in the morning and say, that's it, today I'm going to love God more, right? And you certainly can't do that for people too. Loving people is really hard sometimes. And often when we're kind of thinking about loving people, what happens is we start to come up with our list of excuses why maybe somebody else should handle that right now. It's kind of like I'm a little too shy, or I'm kind of broken myself right now. Or man, I've had a difficult life. I don't know how much love I have to throw around right now. And we start to think about all those reasons why somebody else should sort of walk out there with this bold, unprecedented love. But tonight, I want to challenge you to walk out there with this bold, unprecedented love toward God, toward each other, and toward those outside this wall. And this is so important to talk about because I just believe with all my heart that we have this window of opportunity that's here right now we got to latch on to this thing. And you know, I mean, it's kind of cool that God, I think, is steering us toward love in this hour, you know? It's kind of like when you think about, like, if, if Joey and Andrew and, and Pastor and Kelly and myself sat down as a staff, and we were like, okay, let's brainstorm. How are we going to see God do something awesome in this hour? I don't think any of us would have said, we got to start at love. I think it would have been this idea, that idea, let's start this program, let's launch that ministry, Right? But I really feel like God is bringing it all back to love. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad that you're here in the room today. And what I hope you see tonight is the love of God. I hope you feel the love of God. I hope you feel the love of God's people. And I hope you see what sets Jesus apart from every other option out there. Right? We can all turn to all kinds of stuff. But Jesus stands apart, and I hope you see that very clearly here tonight. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look in Matthew 22. And then we're going to jump to 1 John chapter 4 for a little while. And Jesus was being questioned by an expert in the law in Matthew 22. This is what it says in verse 36. Teacher, 
What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Isn't it interesting? No one saw that answer coming, right? Jesus brought it all back to love, right? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain, right, that the, the guys who asked these questions were expecting Jesus to bring out some rules, right? Okay, what, what's the most important command, Jesus? Well, hey, don't sleep around, don't lie, don't cheat, don't murder, That's what they were all expecting Jesus to say. But Jesus says, hey, here's the most important command. Love me with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Here's what we're going to find out in just a minute, that when we do that, it empowers us to work on all those other things that we struggle with. See, that's the thing. Many of us in the room are saying, man, I just got to be pure. I just got to be pure. Now, it's a great goal to be pure. But when you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, guess what happens? More and more purity starts to flow out of your life. Crazy. Okay? So... Here, God is saying, Jesus is saying in this moment, man, it's all about loving me. That's the most important thing you could do. And I just have to ask you a question. Does that strike a chord with you tonight? Like, let's just get personal for a second, okay? Does anybody here in the room feel like you need just sort of an increase in your love toward God? Like, have, have, let me ask you it this way. Was there a season in your life when you love God more than you do right now? And I just want to say tonight, some of us maybe as we get older, I'm getting older, getting older in my, in my relationship with God, I'm getting older in age. And sometimes I think some of that passion and that fire goes away toward, for God a little bit. And I think we almost think that's what's supposed to happen. I think sometimes we think that I'm just getting older. As I get older, I guess some of that fire goes out. Okay, just is what it is. No, don't be okay with that. Our passion for God, our love for God, it should keep increasing for the rest of our lives. And so is that you tonight? Do you need the love of God, a love for God, to flow out of your heart and life in a new way. And how do we do that? Well, we're going to see that in just a minute. But then Jesus goes on, verse 38, right? Famous verse here. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so Jesus says, okay, after loving me, love your neighbor. Now that word neighbor covers a lot of ground. It's not just the person who lives in the house next to you. It's not just the person that sits in the seat next to you tonight. Jesus tells us in another story that your neighbor is the person you're least like, the person you want to love the least, the person you want to help the least. And so, wow, neighbor just became really big. And this is when we go, but I can't. How am I going to love like that? I can't. I'm broken. I'm shy. I'm hurt. How am I going to love like that? I don't know how. Well, tonight I want to talk with you about how this love comes out of us. What's going to draw that kind of love out of you and me? And like I said earlier, I love how Jesus says there, you know, love me, love others. Everything hinges on that, right? So when we start loving God like we should and we love each other like we should, then watch all the other struggles in our lives loosen their grip on us. Pretty powerful stuff, right? But let's jump in. First John chapter 4, and let's see how this is going to motivate us to love God, love others, and love those outside these walls. Now, John wrote this letter, First John, to some Christians that were broken up into at least three groups because they couldn't get along. And so John writes this letter to them, and he's trying to just, come on, guys, we got to work through this. Like, people are watching us. People outside there in the world who don't know Jesus are watching us. Do you know how weak it is that we can't work this out and get along? I mean, I know nobody's ever heard of that, Christians who don't agree, right? But here are some people who need to learn how to love well. And so John dives in, and let's check out verse 7. He says, dear friends, let us love one Another. Now, one another means the people in this room. He's talking to Christians. Love each other, right? 
And this is where we bring our list of excuses out. I'm too shy. I'm too hurt. I'm too broken. I don't know how. So let me keep to myself. John said, no, no, no. We have to love each other. And I have good news for you today. Joey said something very similar on Friday night. I have good news for you today. That your love, this whole, this whole thing of you loving God, others, and those outside these walls, well, it's not about your love. It's not about what's deep inside you. It's based on who God is. And we're going to see that right here. Look what it says next. For love comes from God. Don't know how to love. Too shy. Too hurt. Love comes from God. In fact, these verses, John's talking about loving each other because God loves us. And this is the beautiful thing here, and this is what we're going to see as we kind of move through this passage, is that we start to understand, oh my gosh, when I wrap my mind around God's love for me, man, it begins to draw some love out of me I didn't ever expect to find. And that's a huge key for us. We're going to see this unravel here tonight. Next part. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. What incredible news. So God is love personified. God is love with skin and bones on in Jesus walking around, right? And so let me ask you a question. If I need love and God is love, what's the wisest thing for me to do to go get some love? Be as close to God as I can possibly be, right? The more I am near Jesus, the more loving I will be. The closer I am to God, the more loving I will be, right? Remember when you were younger, some of you guys are still there, you're like, yeah, it's like right now, right? But remember when you were younger and your parents used to tell you, I don't like you hanging out with that person. I don't like you hanging out with so-and-so. Why, mom, why? Because when you hang out with them, you start to pick up the way they talk and the way they act, right? And, and that's, that's true of all of us, right? We hang out, we talk. Me and Joey and Andrew, we say a lot of the same phrases because we hang out all the time. We're working together all the time. And so a lot of the things, because we're together, just start flowing out of our, our mouths and, and we start to kind of wear off on each other. A lot of you guys know me pretty well. Don't be shy. We've been doing this all day and the other crowds were pretty good. So you know, if you know me well or well enough to answer the question, what's something that I say frequently? Go ahead. Bud. All right. That's a good one. That's very true. What else? Awesome. Yes. What else? Baseball. Baseball. That is also true. Mets. Yes. Okay. What else? What was it? Oh, bald jokes. Yeah. Often. Very, very often. In fact, my kids were asking me the other day, dad, if you could like find something to grow your hair back, would you do it? I said, I would lose 90% of my jokes. Like I can't do that. Right. Um, somebody in the earlier service said good stuff, which is also true. Uh, bro dude and man came out, which my wife hates when I call her any of those, which unfortunately also happens. But if you hung out with me, you would start to catch some of my sayings. I would start to catch some of your sayings. And guys, I'm telling you, if you're struggling to love God, others, or people outside these walls, when you spend time with love, God, love catches on to you. Years ago, I told you guys, I could always tell when my kids were at my in-law's house because they would come home smelling like grandma's perfume. Not because they were putting it on, right? No, but they would come home because they were close to grandma. Grandma would be hugging with them, sitting with them, you know, watching TV, and they'd be sitting on their lap. I almost said she'd be sitting on their laps. That wouldn't have gone well. But, but you know, and so they'd come home with sort of that aroma of grandma because they were with her. You can't fake that, right? And so when you're with love personified, when you are close to God, when you are near God, his love's going to wear off on you. And before you know it, you won't be able to help but love him and love others inside these walls and out. And so the, the truth I kind of want you to wrap your mind around right now is the closer you are to God, the more loving you will be. Very simple. The closer you are to God, 
the more loving you will be. The more I surrender to God, the more I surrender to love. The more God flowing out of me is the more love flowing out of me. Then it goes on. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Do you need proof that God loves you? Now, listen, I get it. Sometimes we need up-to-date proof that God loves us and is with us. We talked about this two weeks ago, right? That we need to experience God. But we can't ever forget that whenever we're struggling to remember God loves us, that we can look back to the cross to what Jesus did to die in our place and rise from the dead, right? That, un- that listen to me, that is unprecedented love. Are you kidding me? Like, think about it. In all the movies you've ever seen, it's very rare to find a movie where a king would take the prince and kind of send him out among, like, the common people and have him go out and serve them in some way or send some kind of message. I mean, it was always kind of like, no, protect the prince, keep him in here. I mean, all the Disney movies, right? The princess couldn't marry anyone that wasn't a princess and the whole deal. Like, like keep everything close and safe. And, but that's not what our king did, right? Our king, our God, sent Jesus not just to deliver a message of love, but to be the message of love. And so if you here tonight are, are struggling to love God or love others inside or outside these walls, here's what I'm telling you to do. Look back to the proof that he loves you. It's going to start to draw a love out of you and out of me that we so badly need. And so here's what I want you to see. If you're wrestling with loving God well, hear this loud and clear. God's unprecedented love for us draws out love for him. When you are near God, when you're seeking him in prayer, when you're opening up God's word and reading the Bible, when you are here, when you are in your community groups, your small groups, I'm telling you, as you're near God, you can't help but for the love of God to be drawn out of you. Pastor Bravone, who founded the church, always used to say this, it takes God to love God. Like, like God has to do something in our hearts to draw this love out of him, out of us for him. And so if you're wrestling with that tonight, I can guarantee you that's a prayer that God's going to answer. In fact, I'm going to tell you, if you are struggling with loving God, loving others, or somebody outside this building tonight, and you pray about that, God will answer that prayer. I know we all pray prayers that somebody would be healed, or that finances would come through and stuff like that, and that's okay. That's good. We should pray those things. But I can guarantee you the prayers that he will answer are the ones that have to do with loving him and loving others, because we know that's his heart. We know that's the, the two greatest commands. And so I think about this God that pursued us. Does anybody remember Steve Urkel? I know I'm like totally older than a lot of you guys here tonight. But Steve Urkel was on Family Matters. When I was a kid, I used to watch this show live. <laughs> and now, thanks to like streaming and, and reruns, my kids know who Steve Urkel is. Does anybody remember Steve's famous line? Anybody in the room actually know his famous line? Okay, we got a handful. All right, go ahead, shout it out. What was it? Wow, so, so that was awesome. Very good. And so... Here you have Steve, and he's pursuing who? Who did he love? Laura Winslow, right? right? And so he loved Laura, and would pursue Laura. And Laura could not stand Steve, like, got, like vomit sick at the sight of Steve. And then does anybody remember? I know some of you guys aren't sitting watching this every day, you know. But does anybody remember the episode when Steve made this transformation machine and turned into Stefan? And Stefan was legit. He had some game, right? <laughs> But then it got so weird, and we were like, what is happening, right? And so he turned back into Steve. And man, do you guys remember rooting for Steve Urkel back in the day? I mean, I, again, I'm a lot older than many of you. I just remember rooting for him, being like, Lord, don't go for those other guys, all right? Maybe they're good looking. Maybe they got some money and some class and whatnot. But man, Steve loves you with an unprecedented love. 
And you know what? Eventually he wins her over, right? And guys, that's like kind of a really lame story to show us what God has done to pursue you and me. Like, God was pursuing us and desiring a relationship with us. And we were going, no, no, I don't want you. I don't need you. I'm fine. I'm good. And meanwhile, we were dead. And God kept pursuing us. And he kept chasing us. And he kept working on our hearts. And he kept opening our eyes. And he kept saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we'd spit in his face and he'd say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And he would pursue us. And eventually that love won us over. And now it's that love that draws out of us love for him. And so if you're struggling to love God tonight, get near him. Because when you see his love, you won't be able to help but respond in love as well. Then John goes on to the next part. He says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, there's two things you need to know. Just ignore that. Somebody trying to get in with their badge, and if they make it, we'll just uh, all run at them and go, ah. No, 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 no. It's a <laughs> very godly, loving thing to do, right? Welcome to Hot Pog. <laughs> right? And so what we're, uh, what, there's two things you need to know about this, this idea that Jesus uh, came as an atoning sacrifice. First, it's a historical event. Okay? It's a historical event. It's not something made up. Remember earlier I mentioned the visitor CD and the evidence CD set? I would love for you to take those tonight, or I'd love to talk with you. Because that talks all about how we know that this was a historical event, not just something somebody once made up. Second thing I want you to know about this, I want you to know that God sending his son Jesus into this world sets him apart from every option out there. And so if you're like coming in here tonight and you're like, man, you know, all this God stuff, it's all the same. It doesn't matter who you look to. No, nobody else came for you. Only Jesus. Everybody else out there says, be good. And if you're good enough, you'll get where you want to go. Jesus says, I am here to live the life you couldn't live, forgive you, rescue you, atone for your sin, remove your sin, die on the cross, raise back from the dead, and give you life you could never find anywhere else. Sets him completely apart. And so we've seen this amazing love of God. Now let's jump to loving one another. We've seen that it's God's love for us that draws this love out for him. But now let's talk about loving one another. Verse 11, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And here we see, it's God's unprecedented love for us that draws out our love for each other. See, that's the beautiful thing here. And this is powerful, but it's not easy. Okay, I'll just throw this out there. It is not easy to live this out, but it's incredibly powerful when we choose to let God do this in our lives. When we choose to let him empower us to love others around us. Ready for this? Even when they don't deserve it. Can I ask you a question? Where were you when God found you? I don't mean like, don't tell me like Wisconsin or Smithtown, right? Like, where in life were you when God found you? Some of us would say, I, I was addicted. I was without peace. I was without joy. Some of us would say, well, I kind of grew up in the church. And, yeah, but when did God like really get your heart? You see, we so desperately needed a God that was pursuing us when we didn't deserve it. When he was loving us when we didn't deserve it. And here's what I think so many of us do, and I get it, I'm sure I do this too. I think we look at somebody and we say, I'm not gonna love them because they don't love me. And this takes a lot of wisdom, and I have to throw this out there anytime I talk about something like this. I'm, if we're talking about a situation of being abused, physically abused, sexual abuse, stuff like that, I mean, you can forgive and love from afar, right? You gotta be careful and use wisdom. But man, if I could just encourage you guys 
and say that as we kind of look at people who maybe don't deserve our love, we have to remember that we did not deserve God's love, and yet we have it. Would you read this along with me? Our ability to love others isn't based on how loving they are to us. It's based on how loving God is to us. And that's what we have to bring this back to. And so here in this room, we should be loving each other like nobody's business. We should be the most loving people in the world. And I'm just here to tell you today that if the people of Hopog hear about a church meeting here and they start to show up, which I pray they do, and I hope some of you are here tonight just from looking at signs or hearing about it, but I will tell you this, they don't really care how awesome our band is or how cool our setup is, is if they sense in us an insincere love toward God or toward each other. So if we're again, we reach our potential in this unprecedented time, it's going to take an unprecedented love toward each other. It says this in verse 12, and I'm explain the first part of this verse, it's a little confusing. It says, no one has ever seen God. It's like, wait a minute, well, wasn't Jesus like God in the flesh. And, and my best understanding of this as I was studying this is that it basically means no one has ever seen God in his pure essence, in his true essence. Right? Like what that means is we've, we've only seen God in Jesus who's fully God, but also what? Fully man, right? And so you have this, this essence of God that John is talking about right here. But then it says this, but if we love one another, I love this, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So you did not wake up this morning and see God in physical form. But what this verse is telling us is that when we love each other, we're seeing God alive in us together. And I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to miss his love being made complete in you and in me. And it goes on. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He's given us his spirit. And so if you're struggling today and you're saying, man, I just don't know how to love the way God wants me to love, then I have great news for you. The Holy Spirit is in your life if you have a relationship with God. And he's going to empower you to love in a way that sometimes doesn't even make any sense. Verse 14, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. This is big. John, who's Jesus' best friend, is saying, hey, I'm an eyewitness. So if you're here today and you're struggling to believe that Jesus is alive, John is saying, I saw Jesus put on a cross, thrown into a grave. He was there for three days. He rose back from the dead. Later, John, because he was preaching this, was put in prison and was tortured, and yet he never gave in. He just continued to say that Jesus was alive. And so I hope today you guys are seeing, man, that this love of God draws out a love for one another. If if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Do you see how connected our ability to love is with our closeness with God? Like that whole verse, it's almost confusing how it flip-flops back and forth. Loving God, God in us, loving others. I mean, it's just, it just it's so intertwined. It even says there, we rely on the love that God has for us. So in other words, I can't love the way God's called me to love unless I rely on the love that God has for me. And I just think this is so incredibly important. Think about it this way. Read this with me. Our ability to love horizontally is rooted in an the love we experience vertically. So, so, in other words, my ability to love those around me is completely rooted in the love that God has for me. And if, if you like that statement, then you're different than me because I always get horizontal and vertical confused, okay? In fact, when we were building this set, Joey and I were like, okay, no, 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 we're going to put the horizontal ones in the back and the vertical ones on the side, right? And so let me say it a little bit more simply. Our ability to love the people around us is rooted in God's love for us. 
So is there anybody here in this room that you have a hard time loving? Or maybe you come at the 7 because the person is at the 9.30 and you know that. Well, we're going to flip-flop y'all. You know, we're going to get you guys in the same room. Because, men, we have to. The world is watching. And they want to see people who have a genuine love of God in our lives. And so we've just seen that it's God's powerful love that draws out of us love for him and love for each other here in this room. And then let's talk about very quickly loving the people outside this room. One verse here, verse 17. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Ready? In this world, we are like Jesus. Wow. In this world, we are like Jesus. Well, what was Jesus like in this world? He was holy. He was pure. But what was he? He was loving. And he was loving to those Nobody else loved. He got the coolest nickname anybody's ever gotten. At the time, it was actually a derogatory statement. But he got called the friend of sinners. Man, imagine we recall that. Did you hear about that church? And they love everybody. They love people nobody wants around. They're, they're caring for people nobody would welcome in. When we are in this world, we are like Jesus. And so God's unprecedented love for us draws out our love for those who still need Jesus. And so if you're struggling with that, if you're trying to figure out how do I love well those people in my workplace, those people in my schools, those people in my neighborhoods, in my home, I'm telling you, the closer we are to God, the more love we will have for these people in our lives. So whether we're talking about loving God, loving each other, or loving those outside these walls, the answer is closeness with God. Let me say it as simply as I can. God's unprecedented love for us empowers us to love. It's that simple. When we understand God's unprecedented love for us, suddenly we're empowered to love like we never were before. Let me say it a little bit more lengthy. God's love for us empowers us to love in unprecedented ways. And I think that's what we need right now so badly. We need for a love for God to flow out of us in an unprecedented way. And that love's going to be drawn out of us as we're close to him, as we're seeking him daily in prayer, as we are opening up God's word, as we are connected to each other. We so badly need to love one another well in an unprecedented way during this time. One of the things we're trying to get off the ground a little bit more, we've done this sort of nonchalantly, but we really want to get official on this, is, is to kind of have a care team. So like one of you ends up getting in an accident and you're in the hospital, guess who shows up? We do. So one of you guys ends up having surgery in your home and you can't work for a while, guess who's bringing food to your house every night? We do. We are. We're there. Because we should have this unprecedented love. Your neighbors should be looking at it like, oh my gosh, someone's knocking on their door at 6 o'clock again. Who's bringing food tonight? That's what people should see in our neighborhoods. That's how we should love one another. And if any of us here in this room have an issue with each other, we've got to work it out. Not because we deserve it, not because they deserve it, but because God has treated us so well, so we must treat each other well. We've got to love those who don't know Jesus. Now, some of you guys might say, I just don't know how to practically do that. Can I tell you how to practically do that? Just simply talk to them. Talk to them outside these walls, but talk to them inside these walls. Remember somebody's name. Look for someone sitting by themselves and invite them to sit with you. Follow up with somebody after service. Invite them to go hang out. Invite them to go, even if it's just grab something from the cafe out in the lobby. 
There is power to that. Come on, this is like preacher talk, right? What's the big deal? Can I tell you what the big deal is? A few weeks ago, or last week rather, we had the big celebration service at our old building, and a bunch of you guys wrote letters that we read about what God had done in your lives, right? And Kayla wrote a letter about what God had done in her life, and I asked for her permission to, to only share part of it and to share a little bit more of it this week because it's so lined up with what I was talking about here tonight. So here's what she says. The first night I came to Living Word was when I was 18 years old. I was two months out of the hospital after critical overdosing and in sore need of friends. I was a few minutes late, but the sweetest little old lady offered to sit with me. Let's just pause here. It was Nina Muller. Nina, where are you, Nina? There she is, right there. Yes. We love Nina. Nina comes every night. It could be 190 decibels in here with fog, flames, flashing things, exploding things, live animals. Nina's going to be here rooting everybody on. And here's what I love about this, okay? Um, I was always at the green room every Friday, our youth group. When Kelly got sick, I had to pull back from that to care for her and the family and just kind of juggle things. I came this past Friday, and I'm walking through the room, and I'm, I'm like 39, and I felt like a dinosaur in the room. I was like, what do these kids, what are they possibly going to get from me right now? Like, I could try to be cool and stuff and talk with them, and I'm going to get mocked and shamed right now, you know? And I let that limit my influence. And I think about Nina looking at an 18-year-old girl in the face saying, I'm just going to love her. I'm just going to simply welcome her to sit with me. Man, imagine the power of that. And it goes on. What really sealed the deal for me was after not coming to church for a couple of weeks, after attending just a few times, someone greeted me by name and asked where I'd been. You never know how huge that was for me. I felt lost in the crowd and struggled with acceptance and feeling wanted, so I almost stopped coming. The fact that this person not only noticed that I wasn't there and remembered my name meant so much to me and kept me attending, which led to so much more. Just say hi. Just remember somebody's name. Tell them you're glad they're back. If they're not around, try and find them. Figure out where they are. Say we miss you. Love those who don't know Jesus. Love those on the outside. Love those who are walking in for the first time. There's people sitting in this room tonight that feel alone, that wish somebody would remember their name and ask somebody to sit with them. Can you just imagine? Hey, did you hear about that church meeting in Hot Bog? Yeah, what's their deal? Just another church? No, man, these people love the love like you've never seen before. I'm telling you, power in that. So five years and three weeks ago, my mom passed away and a couple weeks ago, we gathered at her graveside as a family, and we told stories, and we prayed, and we laughed about some of the funny things she did. But my sister said something so, so powerful. She said, you know, mom lived out what Jesus said so well, about loving him and loving others. I've been to a lot of funerals in my life, but I've never seen a funeral like my mom's. She we had her funeral at a large church in Northport that seats probably 800 to 1,000 people, and there was standing room only and even out into the lobby because so many people came because she loved God so well, and she loved others so well, and it made an impact. I'm telling you right now, we have an opportunity to make an impact, but it's not going to mean anything if we don't find an unprecedented love that flows out of us toward God, toward each other, and toward the world around us.
The sky's the limit. So much potential. Will you be near the God of love so that love can flow out of you toward him, toward each other, and toward the people outside these walls that desperately need the hope of Jesus? Because God's unprecedented love empowers us to love. Let's pray. God, we need you so much. We thank you for this awesome opportunity. We thank you for this amazing time on Long Island. We lift Genesis Church to you. We lift Grace Church to you and many of the other churches on the island just asking that you will do an unprecedented work in this time. We pray that your love would fill us. If you're a follower of Jesus, can you just pray for a minute? What is your greatest struggle? Is it loving God? Is it loving the others in this room or is it loving people outside this room that need Jesus? Would you just pray about that? I'm telling you, these are prayers God is going to answer. Would you get near the God of love and let him wear off on you? Let his love catch on to you. Be in his word. Seek his face in prayer. Be here Sundays. Be in a community group. Use your gifts and watch what God will do. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him tonight, I would encourage you to just, just pray with me in just a second. And it's not this prayer that saves you. Jesus saves you. But like I said earlier, man, Jesus has pursued you so incredibly well. Jesus has continued to look you in the face after you have pushed him away time and time again, and he longs for a relationship with you. So if you want to put your trust in him tonight, maybe you can start a conversation with him like this. Jesus, please forgive me for my sin. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. God, show me how real you are. Show me you're there. Forgive me for my sin. Help me to know and live this unprecedented love. In your name I pray.